Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Good. It's early. Oh, God. What song is that? Just I was just riffing. Hmm. I mean, every every song sounds a little bit like Terrence Trent Darby. <laughs> <laughs> Once you learn enough songs, you pretty much know all the songs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and he, you know, he wrote the songs. Wishing Well, Kiss and Tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have some coffee? Yeah, just having a little bit of the, just having a little bit of the Joe. A little Joe, a little bit of hot stuff? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. Mm, <laughs> morning, morning time elixir. Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, what's going on down there? You've got a, you're, you're, you've got a lots going on. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the sound my dad makes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't, it's a, it's a strange time. Mm-hmm. This is a very strange time. Mm-hmm. I'm very emotional right now. Oh, oh. I'm having a very emotional uh, time. Oh. No, the thing is, like, I'm in a weird way today. I didn't mm-hmm. sleep very well last night, and yet I felt pretty good. I feel pretty good today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's stuff going on that's kind of emotionally trying. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually, it's kind of getting to me. A little bit, but no. But I'm gonna I'm gonna rally for this. I was just listening to a Los Lobos song that always makes me happy on repeat. So uh, that's getting me along. That's good. I didn't realize that Los Lobos had a uh, played a role in your in your happiness uh, suite. Well, here's how it works. I mean, on the one hand, I have a YouTube list. I really need to update more often of the things I want to make sure I watch at least once a month. Uh-huh. And and then I, what I really need to do, I need to create a list. I mean, I'm not clinical, but the cage thing is starting to weigh on me a little bit. It's starting mm-hmm. to really bug me. Where mm-hmm. the, all the other stuff hasn't really bugged me. <laughs> this one really bugs me. This is, this is getting to you. It's You know what? It's getting to me a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit emotionally trying. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, listen to that song, uh, Saint, Behind the, Saint Behind the Glass. I don't know if you're is familiar that, with that song, but it's really. I, I don't. I don't know it. You should listen to it. Go uh, search for. Uh, I just tweeted it a minute ago, but um, yeah, "Saint Behind the Glass." It's got a harp. Um, it's really beautiful, and it's got nice little minor chord changes. Oh, so that helps. What What is on my What is on my YouTube list? I know I've got, um, The Who, doing a quick one at the Rock and Roll Circus. I really try to watch that at least once a month. Yeah, where they. They just take everybody else to rock school. They just blow everybody. So the story, <laughs> we've talked about this probably, but the story goes that they've been recording all night. It was kind of a mess from a logistics standpoint, but they came on. They, All the other bands, including the Stones, had been kind of off the road, whereas the, the Who had been touring like heavily. Yeah. And they showed up at like 5 a.m. and just blew the roof off the place. You are forgiven! <laughs> but you well, know, you know, they have yeah. a lot, they're having fun and... Um, and, I think uh, I think they were I think they were in their corn. I think they knew exactly. I think they knew from the minute they came out there that that they were doing something kind of special. I get the feeling. You do, but 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 also I just feel like you know. First of all, fun has no place in rock and roll. Fun has no place in rock and roll. You think it's right. an- antithetical to rock and roll? 
yeah, you know, everybody else was doing it, doing something very serious. Mm-hmm. Keith Richards was wearing an eye patch and a top hat. He had hat. an eye patch and a cigar. Yeah, uh, that's all great. That's they, all they also very had, They had a little roll. person dressed up. Oh, huh? Mm-hmm. I, feel, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a little person sitting uh, crisscross applesauce. And then the who came and they just were having fun. And, you know, you, you just can't allow that. You just can't have that in a rock and roll setting. You're right. Everything. Rock and roll was getting very serious around that time. This is what, probably 67, 68? Yeah, you know, 67, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we do this show. <laughs> I do. I'm glad. I'm, g- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to enjoy every sandwich. I'm, I'm going to get out of this emotional trough. Although, I, yeah. you know, I, I didn't sleep well, but I feel fine. Go figure. You know, uh, in the middle of the night last night, middle of the night, middle not of the night. middle of the night, but it's a bit <laughs> early, early middle of the night. Sure. Uh, I deleted the Twitter app off my phone. Oh, I've thought about that. Yeah, it's you know, there's there's a lot going on, emotional time. What yeah. I don't need right now is Twitter. Yeah. So I uh, so I just got it off there. I got just it, got, got it, it right off there. Got it off there. Do, and then, do you, you remember? Know, I mean, was it, it just an accumulation? Was it one particular thing where you're like, okay, that's it? Uh, I mean, yeah. It, as in all things, there's there's always one thing. Like okay, that's it. Yeah, and it's not and, always uh, the biggest thing, but it's the thing that it took. That's right. It's the small. It was a small thing, and it was, um, you know, for me, I don't follow any bad people, and mm-hmm. and for the most part, nothing. I you know, like I don't have to deal with conservative Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with, uh, with any of the various Twitters that are doing awful things. But mm-hmm. but even my gentle Twitter. Made up largely of people who uh, live in New York or Hollywood, and who uh, Coast, coastal elites. Yep, that's right. Who alternate between uh, making money by being in diaper commercials hmm. and in trying to get on a sitcom uh, where they are like Will Wheaton's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and and people I know personally who 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 are in these places. I just can't. I just can't have it any. I just can't listen to them anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just like, uh, so one of them went by and it was like a tweet by a person that I adore mm-hmm. and it was a tweet I despised. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I, <laughs> I, I adore this person and I, so I don't need this. I don't need to hear them in there. You hate because, the sin, but you love the sinner. <laughs> I love the sinner. I love the sinner so much. But I just can't. I, I just know. can't just be can't party. Even. Yeah, I can't even. I can't be party to it. So I just was like, you know, is this helping me at all? Mm-hmm. And what is this in is, service of? And you know, and I like to help people. Yes, is me being on here helping anyone? Oh, John, like, you know this is helping people. Well, this you. Oh, but this these, not that. Yeah, this not that. Yes, this not that. The, mm-hmm. the the thing is, I I'm I'm increasingly realizing that you and me on this program and a lot of the things that we do that go out to the world through the internet, mm-hmm. these things are not actually the internet. Oh, interesting. It would be like thinking your particular space with your car and it was the whole parking lot, right? Or like sort of. you know. I am the highway. It's mm. like no, you're not. You know, like or, or or rather, like like me going to visit you is the is the interstates. Okay, got it. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's that's something, hate, to, that's something to think about. I hate the interstate. Yes. I don't like going on the interstate. It's nice to go places. But me going to visit you is not the interstate. Mm-mm. It's me going to visit you. And so the podcast, like the internet, now is inevitable. The internet is large. It is wide. 
You and I are doing Every, Anybody's allowed on there. People listen to us. There's no, there's no vetting process. Yeah. You, you don't have to fill out a right. form or anything. You just show you don't up on need the to internet. get a license. You don't need no. a license at all. Mm-mm. So you and I arrive to people via the internet, but this is not the internet. You Mm-mm. and I are not the internet. No, we are old time radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the interstate. Mm. You're right. You're right. I should do it. I should do it. Mm. Um, well, you know, it's to each his own. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes, I think yeah. partly because of my dopamine issues, sometimes I, I I feel like I need to do a lot of a thing that I don't like doing to make me feel the way I want to feel, and I need to be careful because I think that's not a healthy pattern. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you know what I mean, but like sometimes when I'm especially anxious and I'm looking at political Twitter and I'm like, just reloading all the pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's super unhealthy. I should pull over. It's super unhealthy. You should pull over. You should take your you should take your inhaler out. You should get a good like couple of uh, huffs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Turn yeah. the radio off. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and take that bag of uh, uh, McDonald's French fries and yes. throw it in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What right. else? What else? Roll the, should, roll the window I, down. Should, should I check the spare? Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. <laughs> take your shoes off. Drive with your bare feet on the pedals. They tell right. you not to do it, but nope. do it anyway. Do it anyway. Don't wear clogs. I remember the first, when I was 16, I remember I was driving down Northern Lights Boulevard in Anchorage, Alaska, and I realized, wait a minute, nobody can tell whether I have pants on or not. Whoa. And so, like, I was at a stoplight, and I was sitting there, the stoplight of Northern Lights and Lake Otis, and I just took my pants off. Oh, that's freeing. I, that's freeing. I was like, how's this? What about this now? Yeah. And so I drove around. I'm 16, you know, so I'm just, I'm driving around town like... <laughs> mm-hmm. You got a little Nobody, secret. You got a little secret. Woo, Nobody needs to know. I don't have my pants on. No pants. And it, and it felt crazy. Yes. It felt crazy. It was crazy. Now it doesn't feel crazy. I do it every day. I used to be very um, ashamed of my body. Not for any particular reason, but just because it was just the thing you were supposed to do was to like, you know, be ashamed of your body. I would be scared to like go to a public restroom you know, uh, or like changing the gym and all that stuff. And I feel like I remember one of the first times I was ever comfortable, uh, skinny dipping and it mm. felt, uh, it felt revelatory because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, nobody cared. We weren't all checking each other's dingus. Oh, of course you're checking out a little bit, well, but you know, not, no, I mean, you don't like get in there, but no. you're looking at stuff, but mostly you're just, you're just swimming around and you're, everybody's just having fun. Doesn't have to be weird. Yeah, I was never. I I was always. Oh, I was so shy. I was so. I was so body shy. Oh, I've got. I've got these pictures. You have no idea. There's a picture of me in a group of like 30 people on the beach in like Marbella, and everyone because I'm with a bunch of Scandinavians. Everybody's mooning the camera because it was a long time ago, and mooning was still. I don't know why we did it. I honestly don't. Well, before the the interstate, that was a valid form of expression before it might show up on somebody's LinkedIn page. And it was so international, right? Anybody could do it. You could you could explain mooning in just a second. It's like the word okay. Yeah, it's like the word taxi. Okay. Yes. Taxi. And so did you? You didn't moon. Oh, so thirty people all moon in the camera, and I'm the one in the middle who has his, his, I've got my hand on my pants as though to tear it down. Yes. But I've turned around and I'm making a peace sign at the camera. Oh, you're self-conscious Sid. Yeah, I was. And and when I look at the picture, I'm like, oh, the kid, the kid could never just let it go. He could never just let it ride and moon the camera. You know, you can't even see anybody else's face. It's just like 30 butts. Yeah. Oh, man. And then me right in the middle, like, hello. Was anybody else butt shy? Uh, No, everybody else had their butt. Scandinavians. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, but I, so I was, you know, not, not like a never nude, but definitely was not out there like streaking. There was one time in, 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 in college when streaking made a very brief return. I made a little comeback, huh? It did. And, when we were uh, kids, streaking was kind of big. You'd streak, streak at a baseball game. You'd see it on TV mm-hmm. sometimes. It was in Time Magazine. There's I a song about it. it called The Streak. Do The Streak. He's always showing off his physique. If there's but an I audience not, to be found, he'll be streaking it around. I did not feel confident about my physique and could not streak. <laughs> could not streak. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash super train you see folks casper is the company that's focused on sleep and they're dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time you spend one third of your life sleeping if you spend a third of your life doing anything you'd want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be that is why you need casper casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry it's got all the right support in all the right places So what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? Well, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the United States, and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. I sleep on a Casper, except when I'm out of town, which you'll hear in this episode I recently was, and I was in a bed that was just monstrous with one of those really puffy pillows that doesn't amount to anything and had the little kind of foam top kind of, it just wasn't good. It was a bad mattress, and I was so happy to get back home to my Casper mattress and, and to sleep. Sleep the sleep of the dead. Uh, they can just run with that. But it's real good. Get, get a Casper. They're awful good. And right now, you can get $50 toward uh, any select mattress by visiting casper.com slash supertrain and using the code supertrain at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash supertrain. Offer code supertrain. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so much shame. Oh, my God, my gut. Oh, oh my, yes. I just didn't want people to see my tummy. My God, my gut. My God, my gut. Let, let alone my, my dingus. Oof. Yeah. Yep, nope. We were, we were yep. both late bloomers. That's the other yep, thing. Nope. If yep, you're one nope. of those guys with lots of secondary body hair, you're out there like fucking Michelangelo's David with a towel over your shoulder. Yeah, like, check this out. Hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've had hair since MTV played videos. It's fun, you know? Not me. Oof. No, not me. Mm-mm. Well, you know, I still don't have eyebrows. Hmm. But um, yeah, you know they're just very blonde, right? They're blonde. Yeah, yeah, I have big eyebrows, but they're blonde. I did not know. You know, I think that this is. I think that kids that grow up in the locker rooms or with brothers or or whatever, like you know, you get a sense of how other guys look, and you kind of put yourself just naturally, like in a. You just put yourself in there somehow. Like, yes. oh, I look like this guy, but not like that guy. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't. It wasn't just that I didn't take my clothes off, but I didn't want to look at other people either. So as I got older, I'm still still not a fan. Makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I didn't have a sense of what other people really looked like. You know, I I knew what they looked like with their clothes on because I I looked at them then, but, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and I think maybe that contributed a little bit. Even it was, uh, it, it became like a cascading effect of, of not, uh, not, 
feeling very secure. Well, yeah, you could be embarrassed for yourself and others. Yeah, well, shit. I'm Plus all the images everybody. in the magazines. You know, and you get a lot of guys, you know, a lot of those guys in the locker room, they're probably, they're probably not looking so, uh, so cut anymore. But back right. then, they're looking all ripped, and, and they're in shape, and, and they, they're walking around, and whoo! Walking around. They're just, they're just peeing in the shower. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> shower down and get an A. <laughs> well, I sent you my list called Watch Often, which I need to add more Oh, I have to. some of those. You know... I'm embarrassed to say, hmm. well, not embarrassed, but no. you know, you know about me, uh, long ago when I went, I, I went through a very, uh, hard down period in about 2005. I think I spent the pretty much most of 2005. Well, let's see the first six months of 2005 I spent in bed. Hmm. And, um, you know, at the time I, I thought, uh, that I, suffered from untreated depression turned out later that the story is that I uh, suffered from untreated bipolar disorder. But that was the first time as a grown up where a combination of, of real life factors and like an increasing sort of mental imbalance put me just in bed. I just couldn't, I yeah. just couldn't hack. Yeah. 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 And what I did was I watched uh, poker on television cause I really liked it. Uh, I had television at the time, and it was during the big boom of poker, TV poker, because mm-hmm. now that now you could see the cards, and so it was a whole new sport to watch. Right, because you knew what everybody had. Uh, so I watched it a lot, and in the process of that, I got to be a fan of Daniel Negrano, who is a Canadian uh, poker famous. He's a poker famous. He's poker famous. And I got I, I I like them all, you know. I like Phil Hellmuth, the uh, brat of poker. I like uh, Phil. Well, these guys they wear sunglasses and hats, right? Well, the guys that I'm talking about, uh, typically they're the ones that are like they're old school, so they they don't show up like wearing a fucking gorilla mask, okay? Like all these like a bunch of dorks. Like Phil Hellmuth will wear some sunglasses, but like the rest of them, Daniel Negreanu, he wants you to see his face because he's like he's fucking with you. Oh, I get it. Uh, but uh, but I like I like Negreanu a lot. In particular, he reminds me of Ben Gibbard. They have a lot of similar similar mannerisms. What, what's the guy's name? Daniel Daniel Negreanu. So it's N E G R. It's like a Frenchy name. Oh, Negreanu. Negreanu. Oh yeah, look at that guy. Yeah, he looks and, like uh, a maitre d. He does. He's a little. He, he was. It's one of those situations where he was pretty prematurely balding fifteen years ago. Oh, look ago. at that! He got an Elon Musk touch up. And now he doesn't seem as yes. As he's got that LeBron James thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, he's got a lot of sassafras. Mm-hmm. I like watching him. He because uh, he schools people. He kind of can guess your cards a lot of times. That's one of his signatures. He gets in your head, huh? Yeah. And so lately, when I'm laying around, I'm trying not to look at Twitter. I'm on my phone. I'm looking at stuff. I'm looking at like how the how to sync the Bismarck again, and I'm looking at uh, you know like top 10 ways to make a difference, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then late, late at night, I'll just like go over and I'll watch Daniel DeGrano play a couple of hands of cards. Oh, that's good. And I'm like, just watching some guys that are really good at cards, playing cards with each other. And you know, there's nothing that shuts up a talkative person like losing a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that'll put a ding in you. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. one of my must watches. 
is a uh, must watch some try and watch a little poker every day i will seek this out Negrano. let me see now where am i i want to see your list of oh, look watches. over in the uh in the conversation section on the skype i see here it is uh oh so there's you should two. see a, a lady's two. back well i also sent you an article about how steve albini just won a bunch of money playing poker oh steve albini <laughs> he does it again he does it again he's always mixing it up <clears throat> Okay, so here's your watch often list. Yeah. Do you really you watch you watch the last Letterman? Not as often, but I definitely wanted to make sure uh, I, I had that because it really it really is a delight. It's really quite good. And Foo Fighters are on, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot, very very emotional. Foo Fighters made some very very good appearances. They play that Everlong song that Dave likes, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's funny that Dave would. You know, it's it's funny to think of Dave and think of his taste and think of him like Foo Fighters. I know. Well, I'm very emotionally vulnerable right now. Uh, did, did you remember when Dave came back from the heart attack? Yep. Uh, this would be probably 2000, 2001. And uh, basically, uh, in, in prepping for the, the story goes, and apparently this is true. The story goes that when they were prepping for the show, they said, hey, is there anything special you want to do? And he said, yeah, I want to do this. I want to have my doctors on, etc." And he says, oh, man, I would love it if Foo Fighters would come on my favorite band, and play my favorite song, Everlong. And they totally did it. And I guess what mm-hmm. he didn't know at the time was they were touring in Brazil. And they totally pulled up stakes and came to New York to play Everlong on the show where he comes back. And Paul kind of half ruins it with, with way too much, you know, organ solo stuff. But it's still really <laughs> fucking good. It's got that pretty blonde guy on drums. Man, that guy plays drums like ringing a bell. Yeah, he's a good drummer. Um, uh, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. I, I, uh, you D- know, Dave, got, Dave got him off the heroin. Got him off the heroin, mm-hmm. which is a great thing for Dave to have done. Uh, I, Marco Collins, who was the the um, right. local uh, DJ here in Seattle that made a bunch of grunge bands happen on 107.7 The End. Mm-hmm. Marco Collins posted, Sessions. Mm-hmm, he put, posted a picture the other day of uh, Pat Smear and Dave sitting uh, crisscross applesauce on top of a dumpster in the I alley. I saw that! Yeah. And, uh, and that that show, so I was there at that show. Uh, but I was, uh, I felt like I was too cool to go in. This was when I, this is when you were, when you were young enough that you had so little to do that you would go to a show and just hang out outside. Absolutely. Three nights a week. <laughs> and so I was outside that show hanging out in the alley and, you know, at, at the walls of the club were paper, paper thin. Like we listened to the whole show, but it was just like, uh, yeah, it's a drummer from Nirvana. Like, <laughs> right. How good sucks. could that be? Uh, it turned out I liked that album quite a bit. The first one, the first Food first Fighters one's very album. good. But I we Harvey Danger <laughs> opened for the Food Fighters uh, early on in the Taylor Hawkins years, and um, and he and Dave did like a uh, a little drum off with each other. Oh wow! And Dave was very very generous at giving him at, at a certain point. Like Taylor Hawkins played something, and Dave was like, "Oh, I can't get it. You know, I can't do it, man. You're blowing me away." <laughs> He could like, he could do it while braiding his own hair. Yeah, like, <laughs> He's an awfully nice gifted day. drummer. He's pretty gifted. But, but Taylor, Taylor's got a nice touch. So what I got here, I got number one. I got uh, Jennifer Hudson doing that song, and I am telling you, I'm not going. Uh-huh. I got David Letterman's last show. Really good song by Lake Street Dive called "Call Off Your Dogs." But yeah. I highly recommend. Uh, another song is almost always in my head. Um, Sunday Candy by Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment. Uh, Ch- Chance the Rapper mostly, but with this oh, group. Oh, I see. I see. You I ever see, heard I that see. song? 
Oh God, it's good. All of this is new to me here. I've seen oh, David you should Letterman listen to some of these songs. I don't know any of these songs. You would, I think you would dig Bebop Deluxe, Made in Heaven. I've watched this video maybe more than almost any YouTube video ever. It's them live on like something like Old Grey Whistle Test or one of those shows. And they're this three-piece kind of like hard, I guess you'd say like kind of like hard power pop, but like very, mm-hmm. very hard. But this guy is just a very, what's his name? Bill Nelson. He's a very, very gifted guitar player. And I would like you to watch this. I'll spoil it for you a little bit. They come out and they do this great song. They got great harmonies. They're super fucking tight. I forget where, but somewhere fairly early in the song, a careful viewer you understand that you got one guitar in a guitar based band you could tell at one point he breaks a string uh-huh, uh-huh. if you're watching carefully uh-huh. and he doesn't miss a beat he's playing like parts it's like a mark knopfler thing he figures out how to like redo his whole thing to play around the broken string and the fact that now probably his fucking g because it's always the fucking g or the b is out of tune and he yeah. figures out how to play around it and still plays the super hard power pop song I love that. It makes me happy. I don't know why I'm telling yeah. you this. I'm very emotionally I always, vulnerable. I can always tell when somebody breaks a string. It's a thing, you know, you just you you make feel a face. the disturbance in the force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, that sucks. That's too bad. That's too bad. I'm surprised that this only has six things on it. You I know, should put more things. Band. Well, there's lots of things I do watch a lot over and over. I feel like I should put them here. Yeah. I should, I should look at things that I favorited, and I should share this with the world. Well, yeah, because this is a thing I can see people can subscribe to. There are eight, over 800 people who have subscribed to this. What? No. No, is no. That, I think you're confused. What is this over here? What is this subscribe what, 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 subscribe? There's a subscribe? Subscribe to Merlin Mann, 800 people. Oh, yeah, that's it. probably a mistake. I don't but know. You never know. I might post something. Yeah, put something on there. I mean, there are a lot of people, I think, yes. who, have, who have subscribed to my uh, eBay feed <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting any day now remains empty here it comes it's gonna come look out tidal wave oh. save your money <laughs> <laughs> this episode of roderick on the line is brought to you in part by squarespace you can learn more about squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash super train oh squarespace you guys know squarespace but if you don't let me tell you about it you get on squarespace and you can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your whole new site. It's you. It's yours. It's your Squarespace. You can showcase your work. You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content. You can put up images. You can sell products and services of all kinds. Promote your physical or online business. You can even announce an upcoming event or a special project. You do all of that with Squarespace. How do you do that? Well, Squarespace takes care of everything for you. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. You get the ability to customize the look and feel of your site, the settings, the products, anything. All that with just a few clicks. It's all right there. Everything is optimized for mobile straight out of the box. And they have a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization. That's free and secure hosting, buddy. Woo! Nothing to patch or upgrade ever. You get 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. You are using Squarespace right now, whether you know it or not. The Roderick on the Line podcast is hosted exclusively by Squarespace. It always has been. I have to imagine it probably always will be. It's a pretty darn good thing. I've been using it since Christ was a corporal. Big fan of Squarespace. So you go right now, you head out to squarespace.com slash supertrain. You're going to get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the very special offer code supertrain at checkout. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> so yeah, yep, 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 yep. So today I have a I have somebody coming over. 
His name is uh, so so. I, I I plugged I plugged something into the outlet in, in my house, the outdoor outlet, the one that you plug your Christmas lights into. And um, it was a set of Christmas lights that I plugged into it. And I was going along. I was checking to see the Christmas lights still worked. And one of them, one of the lights exploded. Pow. And These then, are, this is just, so, okay, let's go back a little bit. You, you have, don't you have like, do you have a year round holiday spirit light thing you do tastefully with like white lights? Is that a thing you do? Yeah, I use white lights around that. So it's, around it's not property. just that it's June 18th and you're getting ready for the holidays. No. Just no, to clarify. No, no. It's just uh, to make a happy, uh, like a fairy-like environment. Yes. Fairies living in the bushes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to have lights all around the outside of the house, but Sam took them down when he was painting the house. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to put them back up. It's a lot of time up on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't put the lights back up, but I have all these lights. They're all around. And anyway, so I set one of them up here in the yard, string, you know, pull the strings out, get them all straightened away. And um, and while well, light bulb explodes, but <clears throat> something it got it like it exploded. And then there was some there was a moment where the lights stayed on, but they kind of did like a whoa, whoa. And then there was like a popping sound. And the, they went off, but then the outlet didn't work. Oh, no. And so I was like, oh, oh, that's weird. So I went in and I did all the breakers and everything. Still didn't work. So I, I figured, well, that's, I guess I got to go deal with that now. Got to go deal with that outlet. But then I went into the kitchen. And uh, within the next day or two, I realized that like the two of the outlets in the kitchen didn't work anymore. Hmm. Um. Oh, now, this, again, now this is getting interesting. It's like some kind of uh, electrical virus. Yeah. So I went down into the. I went down and I screwed around with the breaker panel and I was like, "Listen, is this one of these things where the breaker popped, but you can't tell?" So I did everything. Nope. And uh, uh, the, so these these outlets in the kitchen and this outlet on the outside of the house didn't work. And then I went out to the barn and the lights in the barn didn't work. Oh come on. So I was like, what is going on? And the barn has a separate panel. The barn has a well, separate... Wouldn't it wouldn't be electric- like a fuse or something. Well, that's the thing. I've, I've, gone to the, I've gone to the panels. It's not... No fuse popped, but something definitely like went wrong. Hmm. So I have an electrician coming today whose name is Sum. Come on. Yeah. Huh. So Sum is coming. Sum is coming. My mom insists that some the electrician it pronounces his name some mm, that would be convenient <laughs> and so when she talks about him she's like well what we should do is get some out here mm-hmm. and then i always say i don't think some is coming back mom some like yeah he went to a farm some did his job and then yeah that's right he went he he got into onto his magic steed and he rode away and she's like no 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 some the electrician and mm. i'm like you mean some it's an Abbott and Costello routine sure. out here all the time. It's a short, very short Abbott and Costello routine. <laughs> but he's coming. He's coming <laughs> he's today. today. He's got a lot of crazy names. <laughs> <laughs> coming, How many uh, guys you got working on your house, Sum? 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 This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. You can learn more about Simple Contacts right now by going to simplecontacts.com 
slash supertrain. Here's what you need to know. Simple Contacts is a convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care, simplified. Here's how it works. If you need to renew your prescription, super easy. You take a five-minute vision test from your phone or your computer. That is reviewed by a licensed doctor, and you receive a renewed one-year prescription, and you just reorder your contacts. What if you don't have a current uh, prescription? Not a problem. You just upload a photo of your doctor's information and order your lenses. They take care of it for you. How crazy is that? So convenient. You can renew your prescription or reorder uh, your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. No more doctor's uh, offices or waiting rooms. Their vision test is self-guided. It takes less than five minutes. You think about how much time you save compared to making an appointment, getting to the eye doctor, taking time off, blah, blah, blah. This is designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists. Review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. They offer all the brands of lenses, all the great brands that you're familiar with, including options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored contacts, and more. Simple Contacts customer support ensures every customer is 100% satisfied. You can get text updates on your order. You can ask questions or reorder via text anytime. Vision test is only $20. You go and compare that to an annual appointment, which without insurance could cost you over $200. The contact lens prices are just unbeatable. Standard shipping is free. And best of all, they're offering a promotion to our listeners right now. And that is that you can get $30 off your contacts. You just go to simplecontacts.com slash supertrain. You go to the, uh, and enter the offer code supertrain. I'm sorry. I'm very emotionally vulnerable right now. You go. Simplecontacts.com slash supertrain and at the code supertrain. They want to remind you that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need to do that, but go out right now. Simplecontacts.com slash supertrain. Offer code supertrain at checkout for $30 off. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for supporting Roderick Online and all the great shows. Let me find my stupid, bell for stupid, that. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's exciting. Um, Exciting. Doing some home improvement out here. Well, yeah, you've got to get to the bottom of this, John. Now, what, what, now, remind me, though, what was the thing that happened when you were diddling with your lighting in, like, yeah. the dining room area? Didn't you have some kind of weird mojo back then, too? Yeah. Was, that, was always... that isolated to just that one room, that one that one switch? There was, and I replaced all those switches. Okay. I replaced them, and I was much happier. I've been happier ever since. What I did was I, I took some, uh, some newfangledness. Mm-hmm out what happens i think is people want to bring newfangledness in oh absolutely and i am somebody who wants to take newfangledness out i don't understand it doesn't it doesn't age well it's not good no i'm rattling against the world all the time where people are like look at this newfangled and i'm like out Mm -hmm. Um, but oftentimes once you put newfangled in you can't just take it out and put oh there's there's consequences yeah, 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 right. No, no, I, I, this is this is absolutely true. Bad decisions that somebody made that thought they thought were newfangled in 1979 do not age well. No, and the thing is, something that is something that's original to the thing <laughs> is going to work pretty much uh, better than anything you're going to do other. It's like teeth, right? Whatever teeth you got are going to be better than any teeth that they replace them with. Right. That's what they keep telling me about my bum <laughs> knee. I go to the doctor and I'm right. like, hey, this, Are we this, there knee, yet? this knee's bum. Uh, and it's been bum for a long time. It's uh-huh. getting bummer. Uh, you guys have this uh, all this robot technology now. What do you, what's, the, what's the over and under on, uh, on giving me a robot knee? Yeah. And they're always like, mm. keep walking on your shitty knee. <laughs> It's always going to be better. Can you just scrape better. out the rotten part? <laughs> it's always going to be better I than whatever I see a lot of these guys that are retirement aged. 
uh, with this some kind of a knee thing. They would have like a knee, like a like a a, a brace. Yeah, that would look kind of cool. Have you thought about that? You can wear shorts yeah. more. I got a lot of braces here. You do? Uh, yeah, because I because I uh, I ski right. So so I put the big heavy brace on in order to ski and not feel scared. Oh, I see. But I also have all those like weird little neoprene braces that my dad bought in the seventies mm-hmm. and a bunch of braces that, you know, I have little, little cloth ones that I get it at Walgreens every time I'm out of town and I forget that I, I wanted a brace for something. So I've got a huge, I've got one of those gallon plastic bags full of them. And then I have like another duffel bag full of other ones, but I don't want to be like, I don't want to walk around with a brace on. You look like a guy of retirement age. <laughs> All right. I had a dream last night. If you get the robot knee, you won't you wouldn't need all that stuff. You throw the bag away. Well, sure. And I'm, while they're in there, why don't you fix all the other parts? You know, when we're, when we're cyborged. Well, you know, it's like back in the day when they'd say, "Oh, my VCR doesn't work, doesn't rewind," and they'd say, "Okay, well, your v- VCR costs two hundred dollars, but there's a bench fee, and the bench oh, fee is not even us fix. This is how they get you. The bench fee is not even me fixing it. The bench fee is me accepting this into my shop and putting it on the thing and looking at it." That's you the know? bench he's putting it on. He puts That's it a on bench the bench. Fee. Well, you know, you're going to pay the bench fee for the knee. You might as well get everything done. Just scrape it all out. Scrape it all out. Clean it out. Shine it up. There was a there was a, re- a, a repair uh, shop here in Seattle that repaired amps that had a bench fee like that. And I took a thing in one time. And they looked at it and looked at it for like two hours and couldn't get it working. And so I went in and I was like, hey, you know, how's my thing? And they were like, yeah, sorry, can't be fixed. $300. What? And I was like, $300? He said, yeah, well, we worked on it for three hours. I was oh, like, they didn't, didn't agree to fix it. They agreed to work on it. Yeah, I said, you didn't fix it. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, I mean, we still worked on it for three hours. Hmm. I was like, huh. Mm. I, I hate you and I'm not coming back here. Mm. And maybe I don't understand capitalism or working or things like that charging for things time yeah but i was just i figured like well that's one of those things where you you know i didn't bring it's not it's not it's not how you make a friend no right we we had that we had somebody come out and look at our furnace i think i told you this one time we had somebody come out and look at our furnace in our rented house because sometimes that's just easier and um and the guy the guy basically he'd been there for maybe maybe two minutes maybe two minutes he's like yep uh, here's your free estimate. You need a new furnace. And we're like, well, that's not really in our purview, but thank right. you for the free estimate. And the next thing we got from them uh, was a hand-typed letter threatening us with a lawsuit if we didn't pay them for the free estimate visit. Really? And you know what I say to that? I say that's not how you make a friend. It's not how you make a friend. Mm, we flew United this weekend. Oh, that's not how you make a friend. Oh, boy. Oh. Merlin, you know not to fly United. Ask, ask me if I made the made the reservation. Oh, but still. Oh, Jesus you, Christ, John. Couldn't you protest? It's the worst. I mean, like, it's one thing if you're like, you're like, have accepted that this is how your life is and you're just going to fly United. We have not deliberately flown United in oh, probably 10 years. No, it's For the all worst. the reasons that you understand. Yes, it's America at its worst. And they did not know how to make a friend. The the thing that is particularly crazy making about United, it's 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 an experience that can kind of be paralleled by a really bad hotel, but you really feel it with with United is that almost now some some things were good, like the waitresses were nice on the plane and the yeah. waiters, but like the but the, the the main thing is like every single piece of dealing with that company 
is terrible. Starting with the website, um, all the way down to like 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 dealing with the with the delays and the lack of care that their own flight is late, and now you're going to miss your flight, and they're like, "Sorry, we'll get you on one in the future." There's all that stuff, down to like the fucking app that you use to be able. They don't have uh, they don't have TVs in the seat anymore. Now you got to watch it on your own device. Oh, I had to pay a hundred dollars really? in Wi-Fi to get three different devices so that I could get to my daughter's update my daughter's Delta or uh, United app so that she'd be able to watch Peter Rabbit. Oh. And I'm fuming. Oh, and guess what? You can't paste anything into the fields. You got to put it all in manually. Oh, really? How? It's, why would they do that? Because they don't know how to make a friend. Yeah. You know, there's so many ways. Think how many things. I took you way off five topics already. But the thing no. is, you there's so many ways you could improve what you do if you said, "I wonder if I'll make a friend with this." Yeah. Well, you pay. You paid your fare. You don't want to complain. We paid our fare. You, but they get to you, and they're always out of champagne. <sighs> we were in one of those, um, whatever Embraer, whatever one of those CJ tiny little like yep. you yep. know thirty. 2030. Jump jets. We call them jump jets. Yeah, where you got two seats on one side and one on the other. And of course, all the fucking animals with their carry-on luggage are there because why, you know, oh, they don't want to pay the $25 to check a bag. Another right, way to not course. make a friend. But of course, of course. No, everybody's got their bags that will never, no way, any fucking way fit onto the plane. And so now they all have to be gate checked and that takes time. So we had 36 minutes to make a flight. We were, oh. it was, it was 20 minutes early getting in to the flight. It was like a 30-minute flight. But then they were they were all jammed up in front of us. We couldn't find a place. There was no port in the storm. So we had to wait. We had to wait. And guess what? When we finally got to the quote-unquote terminal, no, 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 no. We weren't on the terminal. No. We were, no, we're, we're not. in the middle of the field. We're no. in the middle of the field. You know what you do? You wait for a bus, John. You wait for a bus. You wait for a bus. You climb down the ladder, and you wait for a bus. Oh, and by the way, did I mention the bus can't leave until everybody with their fucking green tag, check luggage, gets the luggage. Uh, hey, our flight is taking off in 11 minutes. Are they going to hold that for us? And they say, we don't know. If we don't get you on that, we'll get another one. Oh, I'll get you another one. Is that a way you make a friend? You drive people in a bus. You drive people through a construction site to get them to the terminal. Is that a way no. to make a friend? No, no, it's not. No, <sighs> no, no, no. <sighs> no it's not. Well, and the thing, the thing, uh, the thing, thing is that I United of because you know, all airlines are awful, <clears throat> right? right? They, none of them want to make. Don't do it. Don't do it. None of them want to make a friend no. anymore. They don't care. They're awful. But, but, but United takes it that extra step where they're like, they're indignant. Well, and they're like they they really want you to feel like you deserve unenjoyment. Like it's not it's not just Delta, which feels like it's better than you. Delta just feels like they're better than you. Yeah, United, if you wanted to be treated like a person, you should have upgraded. You understand that with any airline, but with yeah, United, right. they they treat everybody equally shitty. Like it's like it's a it's vindictive. Yeah, yeah, right. Like like they're like like running their business is an, is a burden on them. Yeah, and um. And you are like you're just a like a leech, just some kind of like fucking leech, fucking traveler sitting in my seat, yeah, on yeah, my yeah. fucking plane. Wants what to watch a, you a what? movie for their daughter? Um, sir, sorry, we sir, don't we're that. here for we're here for your safety. <laughs> we're here for your safety. Anyway, nothing delight. You know, I went on a podcast one time. The whole 
purpose of the podcast was to get a panel of people together to talk shit about United. Moises Chuyan's podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Thank That's you. Right. Thank you for your service. It was called, it was, I think. It was wonderful. We had a wonderful time on there talking shit about United. There this, are you websites had, This is after it. you had had a truly epic United situation. This I is did, one just, where, where you, I believe in your daughter, you're trying to get like to like Hawaii or somewhere, yeah. and there was not even anybody you could talk to about the lack of flight. No, there was no, United had no people, no customer services. And so when I finally found someone from United, there was a line of like 200 people trying to talk to them. And I said, look, this is, here's what's crazy. Sorry to interrupt, but there's a very, very small window of opportunity here for us to get out of here today. Mm -hmm. And you just totally surprised everyone at the gate by saying like, oh, and here's what they said. Oh, the plane needs regular, it, it needs maintenance. So yeah, for, force majeure. Is, force majeure. It's not their fault. Like, well, shouldn't you have maintenance like on a schedule? Sir. And, and she <laughs> said, sir, you know, this is like <laughs> nothing we can do about it. And I was like, there is something you do about it. You put your planes into a routine maintenance schedule. <laughs> is, this, is this something that just didn't come up before? Uh, is, this, then, is this a new thing? The, the fixing of the plane? Yeah. Have See, other planes like, like a scheduled thing. <laughs> I mean, so it sounds to me like either the plane broke, which yeah. is your fault, or something else that's it's your the same, fault. It's like, the same thing as, like, how is there no berth for our plane when we're 20 minutes early? I understand, like, we're going to get there on time, but then we're late. It's like, did you, did you not know? Did you not? Did you, don't you have a radio or something? Is yeah, there, like, GPS? Is there, I mean, the larger pattern here, isn't there a way you could have anticipated? Uh, even, even before we got on the little, even before we got on the little shitty flight, the lady gets on the thing, she's like, once again... Once again, we're gonna need at least one person to please accept a flight. And like, it's uh, our fucking fault that you overbooked the flight. And she's all mad. She's in a sweater, and she's all mad. Yeah, she's mad. That is of not course. a way to make a friend. Because I don't think I don't think that United makes friends with their own employees. Oh, I don't think they're she likes so mad. So yeah, I I tried to demand satisfaction, and what ended up happening was that we didn't get to Hawaii for, until. Uh, the following day, and I had a very short amount of time I could spend with my family there. I had to go to San Francisco mm -hmm. uh, from Hawaii. I was going to miss the last couple of days of the vacation. So I was like, I'm just, you know, we're going to get there and, you know, we're going to start vacationing. And then we then we lost a whole day to regularly scheduled maintenance. Regularly scheduled maintenance. It just comes up. And, and they couldn't put me on a they couldn't put me on a flight on a competing airline because of reasons. And oh, we, they'll do. And I hate to sound like a paranoia conspiracy person, oh, but no. they will do anything to not do that. But mm. it's your own fucking flight. You, you, I flew with you because you could say I stop in this town for a minute and then I get on another one of your planes. At one point, yeah. oh. we're on we're on the bus. On the bus. We're not even at the terminal. On the bus, waiting to be taken, because that's just what you do. It's a plane too small to care about. So you wait, and we're waiting on the bus, and my daughter is getting anxious because she can tell that my wife and I are getting very anxious, because you know how this works. You miss that flight, you might get... Well, we're not certainly not going to get the upgraded seats that we paid for. We're going to get on whatever the fuck, sitting in any row, wherever, anywhere. We could be stuck in some kind of baggage carriage, for all we know. Or it's going to be 2 p.m. tomorrow. 
Here's a voucher. Yep. And you're like, no, we really, we really need to be getting home. We need to be getting back. We need to be on this flight. And at one point I, I was saying to my lady, here's the problem though. I'm mad too. We need to not be emotional because they hold our fate in their hands. <laughs> and at one point she, she's, she's the, 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 the dingling people waiting for everybody with their fucking green tag bags to get onto the goddamn bus so we can make it to the goddamn airport. She says, this is your fault. And she said, ma'am, this is not our fault. And they were indignant. She's like, it's your airline. Why are we not, why are we waiting for all of these people when we have to be on a plane in like 11, no, it takes off in 11 minutes. I'm sorry. It's not how you make a friend, John. No, it's not. It's not. And, um, and yeah, they do that. They do exactly what you're saying, which is that they make it seem like when you said we really need to get home, their answer would be, well, sir, everyone needs to get home. And the answer to that is yes. That's your job to get everyone home. I'm not saying I'm special. That's we such a, all that's such a common response in the, in the culture today is yeah. that, you know, hey, listen, you know, yeah, everybody wants cancer surgery. You're not, <laughs> yeah. Believe me, believe me, sir, you're not the first one to want your tumor taken out. Yeah. Well, Can I tag a, your bag? Green tag? A, 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 a tip there is not everyone wants cancer surgery, only people that have cancer that surgery would benefit. Is this a Jeff Foxworthy bit? <laughs> if you find yourself wanting an oncologist to remove your tumor. So, so, so oh, there's dear. not some, it's not some, it's so. Some. Some. He's, he's coming today. And I'm going to have Can another... I just, can I homonym that as S-U-M? I think that's what it is. Some. Yeah. Okay. Some. Some. But, uh, you know, my mom hears vowels differently than other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she transposes vowels a lot, and um, she also just hears them differently. It's like she sees green and blue differently than I see them. Hmm. Um, she says things things that are on the spectrum between green and blue. Uh, she and I often differ about where they are. She's like, that's clearly blue. And I'm really? Like, it's so I feel like that green. happens a lot with, like, like there's that one that's going around a while, like, what color is a tennis ball? And immediately you say to me, what color is a tennis ball? I'd say green. But then yeah. when I actually look at a tennis ball, it's actually more yellow. It looks yellow, right. But it's, you know, but it's She might also be losing it's... some of her, I mean, with all due respect, she might be losing some of her rods and cones. I oh, think as no, we we've... age, we drop off a little bit of our red range. We've been arguing this for, for 35 years. The okay. green... Green and blue. This is not like, is the dress gold and white nah. or is it blue and black? Yeah. This is my mom doesn't know what's green and what's blue. Dude. You know, Mike Squires <laughs> is colorblind. Huh. He doesn't see color. Uh, he do, Well, he does see color, but he doesn't see. So you're see, saying he's pretty cool racially. He doesn't see blue and green. He sees, I mean, he sees. He sees blorp. People. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. He can tell when someone is African-American. Good but for he him. Yeah, but he does not know when uh, a pair of pants is blue or black or green. And so he uh, he's one of those rock and roll guys that wears a lot of black, but he has a good excuse, hmm. which is that it solves. He can go up to the woman at the store and say, is this black? And if she says yes, he goes, great. Do you, do you always see black versus navy? Me? I bet you do. I spend a lot in, of time. In a, normally, in a normally lit room. I'm not talking about Adam Macy's. Right. But like in your closet, can you immediately suss out black versus uh, true navy blue? I, I have spent a lot of time with my eye very close to garments going, mm-hmm. show me, show me. You don't here. want to discover once you're out the door that you got blue pants and, and a black jacket. 
But what I have, what I have is I have a, uh, I have a black tuxedo and I have a, a midnight blue tuxedo mm. or like a, a dark, dark blue tuxedo. And so I have put them next to each other in a lot of different lighting situations and familiarized my eye with the, with the subtlety. Okay. And you, so you, you sort of, you sort of, uh, trained yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of things that are like dark Navy, but but a couple of things, and um, some of them I just know by, I just know by the garment. But uh, but in the in the case of the tuxedos, I really wanted to, you know, you don't want to mix and match them. You know what mm. I'm saying? You don't mm-hmm. want to put the pants of the one with the jacket of the other. You're gonna look, you're gonna be real real sad, real bad. Um, yeah. But no, I, I I'm not uh, <clears throat> like I'm not some kind of like savant. It's color savant. Okay, so uh, so you've got some kind of an electrical situation. It might be viral, it might be bacterial. We don't know what it is, but there's some kind of shenanigans going on with your electric. We know that. All of this is a subset um, of a uh, <clears throat> of a larger project, which is causing mm. me to have a lot of anxiety. Oh boy! You know, I I, I was at the psychiatrist the other day. A couple of months ago, let's be honest. Sure, I don't. Go, I don't go every day. Yeah, well, or even every other day. Okay, but I was there, and I said, "Yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to identify anxiety because I don't. I'm not. You know, it's not a thing I've I've thought about a lot, but I recognize that uh, that things can things can be called anxiety, or things can, things that you think are something else are actually rooted in anxiety." Yeah, but I, but I went through a period there uh, a couple of months ago where I was kind of waking up in a panic, or I was feeling panicky before I went to sleep. I was feeling panicky. I was having panicky dreams about having my breath constricted. Oh no! And uh, that's a that's a real thing I don't like. I don't like the um, <clears throat> I don't like feeling like I can't breathe. Uh-uh. I'm sure there are plenty of people who love it. That's the thing. All those people that deep dive for pearls and stuff without. Uh, any I was thinking oxygen. of Germans, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, and those. Th- <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I do not like the idea of hanging myself on a belt uh, over a no. door in a hotel room. Oh no! Or or being buried alive. That's a thing you don't like. Don't like it at all. <clears throat> don't like. I don't like somebody putting a blanket over my head. But mm-hmm. I do. So I was laying in bed uh, for for a month or so, <laughs> and I was having these terrible. I you know I didn't. I I was on an airplane flight one time where I had to. I didn't have to breathe in and out into a paper bag, but I did. <clears throat> I did ask the uh, the um, waiter in the sky to put a hot towel in a cup for me, mm-hmm. uh, and and he did, and I was I was soothed by it. Mm. It was my it was my. Oh, comfort, I should remember that. That sounds nice. Comfort rag. <laughs> Uh, but so the psychiatrist, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, like a, uh, you know, kind of like a, like a comfort peacock. Yeah. I didn't have to pay an extra fare for my turkey to sit next Sir. to me. I just had a rag in a cup. So Mr. But I Wiggles it. will have to go up into the baggage rack. <laughs> <laughs> I needed the cup. Uh, and, uh. And so I said this to the psychiatrist, and he was like, "Well, it sounds like you're having some anxiety, and that we don't like that." Mm-mm. And what psychiatrists do like to do mm-hmm. is give you a prescription for something. Oh, clonopin or similar? No. So what he did was he gave me a prescription <laughs> for a antihistamine hmm. that works on anxiety. The devil, you say? 
And at, a prescription and, and, antihistamine that's off label for anxiety. Yes. <sighs> and oh dear. And here's the crazy thing as you know, I fetishize antihistamine. Well, um, you've seen you've seen what it can do to a person. Uh I have, but but uh so this stuff is called hydroxazine. Hydroxazine. And hydroxazine is like it's uh it's a anti- it's proper antihistamine that you use for itching and you use for motion sickness. Oh, and, and it's similar use, to Xanax. Yeah, you use it to, to if you're coming down off of of opioids, it's kind of a it's a little it has a little sedative effect. It's a movable feast. But it doesn't but apparently according to him it does not uh lend itself to being abused or to um you know, it's not like a, uh, it's not something where you're going to get like where you're taking them all yes. the time for stuff. Yes. And so he, uh, so he gives me this prescription. Well, I'm thinking, oh, so I say to him, so what do I just take these and I don't feel anxiety? And he said, no, no, no. If you start to feel anxious, uh, take one and then in a little while you'll feel better. Well, the problem with that is that if I think at all about feeling anxious, the feeling subsides. You know, like if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I don't want to die in a in a tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I just kind like, of acknowledging it and naming it. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I I I do ten deep breaths and then if if I had to get up, go downstairs, take a pill, and then wait for it to work, like that, it would be the same as not. You might as well get I, up and look at eBay. Yeah, sure, exactly. <laughs> might as well buy five more Hawaiian shirts. Uh, <laughs> Have a look at Twitter. Ah, <laughs> oh no, no, I feel anxious again. <laughs> But you may also know this about me. I'm sure anyone listening could have divined this. I am somewhat of a drug hoarder because I hate the idea of um, back in the old days when I did like drugs, I would hoard them because you want you save your drugs for a rainy day. I mean, you'd if you could get enough drugs that you could hoard them. Like I used to walk around the house and put a cigarette over every door. Oh, I see. You're like you're like smog. Yep, right. I'm sitting on my on my on pile of cigarettes. <laughs> but also, I like to I, if I put one over every door, then I forget they're there oh, because I, I see. The, I'm rich right now, right? I've got like yes. four packs of cigarettes, so I take one, and I put them over the doors, and then I have another pack that I'm smoking. I forget about the ones over the doors, but then when I don't have a pack of cigarettes, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got, I fucking need a cigarette. Then I go, oh, wait, there's one over the door, one and I door. reach up, and there's a cigarette there, just waiting for you that whole time. And for a long time, there were cigarettes over the doors in this house. A long time after I quit smoking because mm-hmm. I was—I forgot to—I forgot they were there. I forgot to take them down. Hmm. Hmm. That's so, interesting. Anyway, now I have this prescription for this hydroxazine. I've never taken one, but it's a—it's an antihistamine, and as you know, I suffer from allergies, so I'm waiting for the opportunity to take a hydroxazine. Oh, interesting. But I've—but I'm—you know—I'm stockpiling them. I don't yeah. think that they—it's not like they have any. It's not like they have any street value. Street value, right, right, right. I don't think. I don't think anybody wants to buy it. We haven't checked in in a while. I mean, I don't want to go too deep on this, but there was a time some months ago when you had sort of um, accepted the idea that certain kinds of medication or uh, improvement swallowables would be beneficial to you, and you were even in the market for a bespoke uh, pill case for it. I did get a bespoke pill case. Oh, did you? 
I ended up getting someone uh, who listens to the show, a couple of people, sent me some links to a, a British fly fisherman's fly case. Hmm. Um, and they are uh, they're often branded by the Orvis company. Okay. Um, that's, where Steve, that's where Steve Bannon buys his jackets. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Turns out. Fly rod travel case, probably something smaller than that. Well, it's so, more for like it's more for, your, for the actual uh, the literal flies. It's a case for flies. It's just for the flies, and um, and it's an it's like an aluminum box, and it has lots of little <sighs> compartments in it with little it's glass a fly doors. box. Fly box. It's a fly box. Oh, look at the fly boxes! And and so this this kind is made by Wheatley. Um, which is a British, uh, like old school. I mean, I don't know anything about fly land, mm-hmm. fly fisherman land, because like I'm an old guy, but come on, that's some old guy stuff. Right. Um, but this company, Wheatley, um, makes these old school aluminum boxes with little glass doors. Oh, these are great. And well, they're aluminum small. fly boxes. Yeah, they're small. They, they, uh, they just fit right inside your your jacket pocket. Well, that's uh, pretty cool. And you can put, and it's like got uh, got enough little doors for two weeks worth of pills. And so you're doing them not by day, but by type. I'm guessing. Or are I, you are you segmenting them? I put each each little box has an entire day's worth of pills. Six I do not, inch compartment boxes. Yeah, I'm guessing that's it. Yep. Okay. All right. So I uh, so I got oh one. you can choose ten compartments thirteen compartments sixteen compartments mm-hmm. look at that mm-hmm. oh that's handsome and I have um, I have thirty two compartments in my little box Jiminy Christmas and I found them on eBay they're not cheap they're like two hundred bucks no no these them. are costly yeah but I found it on eBay I got it for cheap it was one of those you know the way I do eBay is I just wait around for somebody who puts their thing on there on the wrong day and nobody comes around sure and I'm like hey I got it wee I'm sorry person that thought they were going to get 200 bucks for that but I got it for 11 Man. uh so I, I really I really really enjoy my little my little box it came full of wonderful flies these beautiful flies and I dumped all the flies out into a into a like a basically into a cup. Mm-hmm. I have these wonderful flies. I, I have, <laughs> now you need a second case. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, right. I'm unlikely to learn fly fishing at this point, huh. but, uh, but I, I realize that flies are, flies cost money to people. People yeah. who want flies, I have these flies now. Right? Uh, if you learn anything from eBay, it's that the, everybody wants something. I heard that. Don't you think? I mean, isn't that kind of true? That. It is true. Yeah. There, there, there are people may not be people with your interest, but somebody wants everything. Everybody everything wants, wants something. Everybody wants something. Everybody wants sometimes. some. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants some. He barely comes around. Here. <laughs> One handyman coming <laughs> up. <laughs> but I'm feeling anxious now, not because I'm afraid of being buried alive, but because okay. I feel like I, I feel like I'm on the path to selling my house. Yeah, I was wondering about that. We haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. I was wondering if there was any because you you sounded yeah. like you had some velocity and interest in surveilling what was happening uh, with the suburbs. Yeah, you sounded like I'm you just, were pretty motivated to learn more about that. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. I went down. I, I drove around down in there. There are a lot of ravines in the suburbs around mm. here. I don't know if you know this about this area. Ravines, but it's full of ravines. in the suburbs, you say? 
Yep, yep. They, these aren't suburbs like you would see, say, in Indiana or – I mean, they have ravines in Indiana. Don't get sure. me wrong. But these aren't like your Los Angeles suburbs that just stretch to the horizon. These are uh, Washington suburbs. So they're all uh, – they they got ravines. They got mm-hmm. ravines. They got cliffs. Um, they got twisty roads, curvy roads. I got. I was driving around, and a guy came up behind me in a Corvette, and I was like, "Hey, you know, there's twisty roads here, and if I could pull over for you, I would." But you can see as well as I can mm-hmm. that uh, you're in a Corvette. I'm in a '79 Suburban. Um, I'm gonna get out of your way as soon as I can. Okay. Let's just put it that way. But I need you to. I, so I so I pointed to my Yosemite Sam back off. Yeah, mud, mud, flaps. mud flaps. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he backed off. There are a lot of ravines, and you know, I, I, that, that, that's that's thing. considered a, a stand your ground warning. Oh, yeah, for sure. Next, next one is it's, be it's a right, right on the mud flap. They'll, they'll, that, that could be um, a court exhibit. Sure, it's admissible in court. Uh, I like a ravine. I like a ravine for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh. Back when back when Gibson was alive, I used to take Gibson on these exploring trips down here, where we would go down into the ravines. Gibson was a very fancy dog with very long feathers. Gibson did not feel like he was a ravine dog. Uh-uh. And he was furious at me. He would sometimes stop and not go any further. And oh, like, and you say this is going to do stuff to my coat. Yeah, or like he, he's like, it hurts my little paws. Was, it, was Gibson, uh, forgive me, a, a Borzoi? He was a Borzoi, yeah. Okay. Or, sorry, a windhound, a oh. silken windhound. Oh, uh, Vintunt. I can't even say it. Oh, a windhound. Uh, but so I love a ravine because often in the bottom of a, rav- of a ravine is a stream. Mm-hmm. I love a stream. Mm. So I was looking at a house yesterday that had a stream in the backyard. Oh, that would be nice. Just like, to know it's what? there. Just to know Come it's there. On. Just the little burble, bubble, burble of the stream. <sighs> My brother and sister-in-law have a, they got a creek right out back. I'll see. You go look at the creek. Creek goes up, creek goes down. Well, and this is, you know, it's Washington, so people here really care about things. They care about taking out invasive species and putting in native species. Mm -hmm. And they care about taking down culverts and replacing them with fish ladders. Like, they care about those things now. They didn't 80 years ago because they didn't know any better. Hmm. But now they want to protect the salmon. And and I talked to somebody who said, oh, yeah, sometimes we get, uh, we're starting to get fish all the way back up this stream now. And I'm like, oh, if I li- if I had it's a nice to know of- that can change. Yeah, the fishy came back. Yeah. Oh, and there's nothing that I like better than fish spawning and then dying in my yard. I don't know if you've ever been around a f- a big fish spawning thing. But I bet you notice it. Boy, uh, yeah, because the, what they do, the fish, they they spawn, and then uh, their life cycle is over and they die. Oh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, you got a bunch of you got dead fish all over. Could it's you big- fly fish back there? You think? Get some I waiters. Wonder, get your, get some I, waiters and a sandwich. Maybe a big Stanley full of coffee. Go out I there and do some fly fishing. I don't know that much about it. Doesn't I don't mean know. you have to catch anything. But you can still fish. Oh, you can sit there and fish all <laughs> it's day. Like I said, sure. Daughter, if you're hungry <laughs> enough, everything is food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to say that to to my daughter. Although, I you know, Father's Day what came else and we went. Have? What else do we have? What else do we have? You're not hungry. Yeah, you're not hungry. Right. If you're still asking, what else do we have? My, I, I'm trying to convince her that mom and dad are never going to stop eating Japanese food. Oh, j- get used to it. We're always going to find be something it. to like here because this is not a thing that's going to end. 
And if you just get edamame, mm-hmm. we're fine with that. Just get edamame and be quiet. No interest in a, in a cucumber or an avocado roll? Uh, she just is very, she's at a point in her life where if it isn't made of cheese, she just looks at it, you know, and I have friends whose kids are like more olives and, and <sighs> like, uh, more pickled radish, cucumbers. please father. Yeah. And I'm just Give me like, a break. What, what kind I would of kill for that or kill for, I got her to try some, uh, some Popeye's sides this weekend. That was a big victory. I got her. I got her to try red beans and rice and, uh, and, uh, and Cajun rice. She tried them both. I t- I, uh, we were at the fancy Japanese restaurant. I got her karaage, which is like fucking fried chicken. Everybody it's a loves cutlet. fried chicken. It's a fried chicken. It's a, it's a Japanese fish finger. And she's like, t- t- turns her nose up at it. I'm like, it's fried chicken. Jesus And she's Christ. like, meh, I don't like the uh, meh. Mm. So I was like, look, you know, I'm only going to eat Japanese food. Uh-huh. For the next, That's what happens. For the That's how you make weeks. a friend. Yep. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm a dad and dads run out of ideas. Yeah. And this is my newest idea. <laughs> Which is here's a new thing we're gonna try. <laughs> which is I'm just I'm gonna get sick of Japanese food. That's mm-hmm. how that's how dedicated to this cause Wait, that I am. What do you think am. of that? <laughs> <laughs> you think you think Japanese food is bad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait so, so it's gonna it work. Is that, is that how you think it's gonna work? You think Dad's gonna give up? <laughs> <laughs> it opens the refrigerator. It's just full of bento boxes. <laughs> All of them just have pickled radishes in them. <laughs> It's so hard. I love you, Daddy. Jesus Christ. So, um, so that's happening today. Uh, some is coming. He's on his way. He's, he's on, on his way, way right now. You okay. can hear him. You can see he's in. He's got a little ladder truck. Yeah, there's like there's probably somebody in a fireman's hat running after him. Wearing, oh, terrific. Uh, wearing uh, like long johns where the flap in the back is open. Oh, nice. Like that's a good look. That's a good look. Um. But 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 it's the beginning. It's the beginning of a cascade of things. Some is going to fix the electrical outside, which is like one of the things that I have to do before I mm-hmm. decide to sell the house. Mm-hmm. And I was walking around with with the uh, with my little one uh, the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the house where you uh, where you said your first word, where you took your first step, oh, where you." crawled for the first time where you did everything for the first time. You did every single thing for the first time. You read your first word here. And uh, and she was like, huh. And then went and doesn't care. Jesus Christ. But you know, a dad cares. Oh, a dad, dad cares. I, 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 have, I have strong feelings about uh, like every stump and log in our park. That's hmm. where we used to read Curious George. I don't remember yeah, that. Well, I don't remember that. Your park is uh, full of uh, like civil Confederate war ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a little scary over there, among I, other things. Well, there's a lot going on. We also got <laughs> gophers. Uh, are you sure they're gophers or are they moles? They're pretty gophers, sure. They're, I could send you some videos. I'm pretty sure they're gophers. We found one, a denuded uh, skeleton of one. Had those big nasty teeth. Was <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little nutria. But what, what do you think killed it? <clears throat> Probably a raccoon. There's a, you know, there's a family of uh, very territorial raccoons in our park. We see them crossing the street sometimes. You know, raccoons, they eat uh, invertebrates a lot. They eat invertebrates a lot. I think the majority of a raccoon's diet is like bugs. Oh, okay, right. But I do think that they oh, you're, scavenge. So you're saying they get a hold of, a hold of a gopher, or that's like a chicken dinner. Yeah, I you don't know. think, I don't, I'm not sure a, a raccoon would like like battle royale a gopher but maybe a gopher that wasn't putting up much of a fight mm, might have been annoying like playing loud music or something 
I hate. I have moles. Moles. I hate moles them are so really much. creepy, right? They're awful. Moles. They're awful. They're, awful. They're, they're like a rat that's also a fish. Oh God, yes. Oh, look at that. It's like a tiny little fuzzy manatee. Oh, I don't yeah. like that at all. Look at those no. little feet. No, they're awful. The whole. If you search for moles, you see pictures of uh, big brown things on people's faces, and and these oh, horrible oh. little creatures with like a vagina oh. face. They're terrible. I just oh, got a mole God. taken off of me. The Good other for you. Of, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like. Uh, it was, was one of those concerning. Things. Was it bumpy? Was it irregular? No, that's the thing. It was. Uh, I went in. I said, I, 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 uh, people always tell me I should get my moles looked at. Is this mole concerning? And the the um, the uh, dermatologist did the thing that they've always done to me when I go in and say, "Is this mole concerning?" Yeah. They look at the mole just for like half a second and they go, ha, 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 no, no, that mole is fine. And I'm like, I don't get jokes about it. I, I'm like, I'm sure within dermatology. They're telling world, us all the time to worry about this stuff. That's yeah, all we hear. Like, all we hear is like, look out for your moles. And they're like, no, 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 your moles are fine. But I'll, you know, I'll go look at your moles if, if you want. And I'm like, you're not, you're not giving me a lot of encouragement to keep coming in and, and no. getting these looked at because you keep telling me that it's nothing. Yeah. So she went over my whole body and she was like, yeah, you got moles and they're all great. There's not a bad one in, among them. I was like, all right. Was it just by looking? They didn't have to do like a biopsy or anything? Nope. Just looking. Did you want a biopsy? Nope. Didn't nope. care. Didn't care. You but did your part. You showed up. You showed up. Yeah. But she said, you know, that one that that uh, that you asked about, you know, is it bothering you? And I was like, well, I mean, you know, it's yeah, I guess it gets raw. You think it about gets, enough, anything can bother it, you. It gets hurt. It, you know, it hurts, I guess, sometimes. She was like, well, I can take it off. Mm -hmm. Really? And I said, so, is that mean, an in, inpatient, like your, your uh, outpatient procedure? They do it right in the office? Yeah. Oh, and I said, well, what are the advantages and disadvantages? She mm -hmm. said, the advantages is it's not there anymore and hmm. there are no disadvantages unless it bothers you. Wow. And I was like, huh. Straight well, Talk Express. Here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, take it off. Do sure. It. Just do it. See, so, this is, again, it's the, it's the bench bench fee. You're already mm -hmm. there. I'm there. You should get I it all taken care the of. They should fee. scrape out your knee, get rid of your mole. Well, and you can tell with some, like I went in one time with a with a hurt, uh, like I had an, a, uh, what, what, what was it? It was a um, impacted tooth of some kind. Oh, man. And uh, and I went to the dentist and I was like, oh, this really hurts. And she said, well, you know, we can uh, set you on a course of antibiotics. We can do all these things. We can do this and that and this and that. But uh, but it was this was a uh, a rear tooth, like a um, what was it? It was a molar. No, it was the the kind that you're supposed to get taken out anyway. A wisdom teeth. Uh, wisdom tooth. It was a wisdom tooth. Those are tricky little bastards. And she said, you know, the other thing we could do is just take it out. That's what they did to me. That's what they did to me. I had one that, I had one that wasn't doing what it was supposed to do, and they just said, we'll just take them all out. And I was like, that seems fine. Well, she just wanted to take the one, and yeah. I was like, it hurt so bad that I had turned against this tooth. And I was like, take it oh. out. And she got this look, because, you know, she's a dentist, right? She, she wants to do exciting things. She doesn't want to do dumb, boring things. Sure. And she's like, taking out a wisdom tooth is really, that's, a, that's fun for us. You know, that's a, we have to put one foot on your forehead and, yes. and yank. So with the dermatologist, I was like, take the mole off. And she got all excited and put oh. on her gloves and got her tools. <sighs> and she took the mole off. And then she says, this is the thing that, they, that she should have said beforehand. Mm -hmm. She said, now you need to put a salve on it and keep it covered for, for two weeks. Um, that, was, that was not part of the deal. And I said, what? Hmm? 
I'm not going to put a salve on this or keep it covered beyond this office visit. Yeah. And she said, no, 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 no. You need to, you know, you need to put a antibiotic salve on it and keep it, keep a bandaid on it for two weeks. Oh, Jiminy. And I said, yeah, well, okay, I sure will. Thank you. And then as soon as that Band-Aid fell off, I haven't thought about it since. And I haven't died. Hmm. And it's been more than two weeks. So Did, I did they let you keep fine. it? Oh, I looked at it. I was okay. like, I got it. You know, don't take something off of me and not let me look at it. Oh, no, no. How deep does it go? I mean, is it like a decal or does it have roots? Well, so this isn't a thing like a wart where they got in with a shovel and, and got it out. They just sliced it off at the at the skin. I've only had like four warts in my life, and every time I'm like, I bet I could take care of this. I bet I, bet I could do this myself. Oh, I used to cut them out. You cut them I out by the roots? Uh, well, I would try, but you get down there and it starts to bleed. And what hurt. if you could freeze them yourself, like a WD-40 or something? You can, you can get that stuff at the gr- at drugstore, but it's sort of like, meh. I oh, come sit- on. That's like, that's like putting stuff on your cold sore. Just pop it. I would sit and cut them with exacto knives. Uh, like a fresh exacto knife. Yep, just like slice them right off because you can't feel it. It's not. It doesn't have feeling. No, it's not part of you. But the uh, but the mole looked like a pretty big pencil eraser. Mm. Um, in, in terms of the the width, not the depth. It looked like it was deep depth. enough to be an eraser. Yeah, it was. It looked like if you took a if you took a brand new pencil and you Hachi cut the eraser machi. off the back. It okay. Looked like, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. It was, so it that was it was, big, was really sticking out. Sure, it was a big nubbin. If somebody was to, to, to rub you lovingly, their hand might have caught on it. Oh, it happened all the time. Oh, dear. Everybody that knew me well, let's say, yeah. knew, knew about this mole. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also had a skin tab that I got taken off, but that, that's a different story. That's skin tag seems like a, like a smaller deal. A lot of people live with skin tags. Well, it seemed like a smaller deal, except the location of this one. Oh, okay. Somewhere, somewhere where it got in the way. Somewhere where it was, yeah, it was yes. noticeable, noticeable yes. to a very few people. Oh, but they nearly noticed, probably. They noticed it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't noticeable to passers, but they wouldn't miss it when it's gone. Uh, no, I don't think they would miss it when it was gone. I think that they would. I mean, I think they might say like, "Oh, it's gone," but they mm-hmm. wouldn't say like, "Oh, oh." Taggy. Somebody, somebody just sent me a, a link to a, a New York Times article mm-hmm. from two thousand. Uh, that uh, is titled the 2000 campaign colon the impressions Washington state semicolon in the Northwest still undecided. And the article starts in one obvious sense, it would be hard to consider Martine Dedeck or John Roderick swing voters in the coming presidential election, young, unabashedly liberal, both proud participants in last fall's demonstrations here against the world trade organization and goes on to talk about the Bush-Gore election using me and this uh, young woman, Ms. Dedek, as um, as like their two West Coast proxies. Did you remember this interview? I have no recollection of this. Huh. Um, and and listen to what I say. This is what this is what's crazy. This is what this is where we were because I voted for Nader in that election, okay. right? And what I say is, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound so good, so prescient. I'm not horrified about the idea of Bush winning this election, said Mr. Roderick, 31, who is about to graduate from the University of Washington with a degree in the comparative history of ideas. Not quite about to graduate, but sure. Yeah. You and here's do. what I say. You do. 
It could be the thing. This is Bush winning the election. It could be the thing that reunites liberals around a common enemy, I hmm. guess, for lack of a better word. It could force liberals to see what their principles are. Oh, yeah. Oh, I really yeah. was so into this idea that it was going to force liberals to. Oh, this is this is going to. What, what is a name for this? What is the name for this phenomenon? Um, uh, the oh, shoot, I forget what it's called. But there's this name like, oh, yeah, it's going to get so much worse. And we're finally going to fix this. We're finally going to fix it. I, later on, it says, um, what, because well, I guess we're watching the debates. Mm-hmm. And I say, um, I would be outraged if Mr. Nader was excluded. <laughs> Boy, does this sound, sound like something you've heard oh, before? Those are different times, weren't they? I did come into this situation feeling the only responsible vote was a vote for Nader, I said. Still, the acceptance speech by Mr. Gore had put my vote back in play oh. because the vice president touched on important themes. And then I say, I'm susceptible to that kind of democratic rhetoric, talking about the poor, about schools, about paying teachers what they're worth. Oh, you sound like a man that's about to graduate from college. As much as I believe those are the first things that always go out the window, he was talking about them. And yet, Mm. and here, this is the New York Times reporter putting themselves in the story. And here, Mr. Roderick smiled at himself for trawling back and forth again with his thoughts. (laughs) Everyone seems to want to reduce this whole thing to Bush against Gore. Hmm. And that's a condensation I don't want to participate in. <laughs> I wouldn't speak that way now. <laughs> Unusual word choice. <laughs> really weird. What uh-huh. are they There's doing? some condensations I would want to participate in, but I anyway, don't know about this condensation. Really great. Of very them. moist. It's a very moist election. Somebody sent that to me, and, and, uh, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate them sending that. I don't know. I I had. I do not recall. I do not recall it. But here I am. Did you now, know voting for Nader? If you could say, I voted for Nader. I mm-hmm. voted for Nader both times he ran, mm-hmm. and um, and then when people blamed me for uh, electing Bush, I reminded them that Washington won, uh, B- Gore won Washington by a handy ten thousand million votes. <laughs> And it was really just some horseshit in in Florida that turned the top. I merely threw my vote away, sir. <laughs> I had no I had no effect it, on the outcome. I did not throw it away. It was a vote for principle. Principle. President. Please welcome President Principal. It was a principal. Uh, hello, I'm Robert Principal. And so I'll be later, your new president. Later on, in more recent times, when mm-hmm. people talked about voting uh, for their principles, mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, I did that a few times. Yeah. Um, but it would also be good to get uh, the better of the two candidates elected. Mm. But young people pish-poshed me yeah. on that, just as I would have pish-poshed. Ron Paul Revolution. I, would, I did not want to see that condensation. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, I, that's not a condensation I will participate in. <laughs> will not abide this condensation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel better. 